Good morning, everybody. Let's uh, going to get into teaching on the Holy Spirit again this morning. We, we've had some requests about possibly putting all of this on uh, some kind of media where people could take it, like a jump drive or something, where they could watch it, listen to it. So when we get finished with this teaching, we'll try to compile something like that, um, whether it's DVDs or something, and we can just uh, charge a minimal whatever to get that in people's hands. <clears throat> Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 12. We're going to talk about something about the Holy Spirit. I feel like we need to get out of the way before we move any further. Uh, so I'm going to pray this morning and invite his presence here to help me so I can share things about him need him to speak through me he knows himself better than I do so Lord we thank you for this day thank you for your mercy and grace we thank you Jesus for taking our place on the cross we thank you for not leaving us as orphans as you said in the scripture but you sent your Holy Spirit to comfort us lead us guide us to fill us to use us to empower us and we recognize you as God Holy Spirit we know you are part of the Godhead and we just thank you for your direction your leading and your strength we just ask that we can honor you in such a way that would uh, bring glory and honor to the Father the kingdom and we ask for your presence here today that you would speak through me uh, so that I could have the tongue of the learned and that people would have ears to hear in Jesus name amen so I want to take you to Matthew 24, and I want to start with verse uh, 22. I'm sorry, Matthew 12. I was looking at verse 24 there. Matthew 24 is about the end of time. We'll be working with that this year at some point. But, um, Matthew 12, verse 22, and I want to clear something up, but I also want to emphasize something here. And uh, if we get through what we need to go through here, we'll move to Genesis uh, 24 and, and talk about the Holy Spirit's role as the agent of God. So in Matthew 12, verse 22 says, Then one who was brought to him, who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. Speaking of Jesus. They had somebody brought to him who was demon-possessed, who was also blind and mute, and he healed him. So the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now that's a, um, a title for the Messiah. That was one of the titles that would be used for the Messiah. So they're basically saying, is this the Messiah? See? you got to understand that when Jesus showed up, it, he, people had to learn who he was, right? And he, that began to grow broad. And then you had a choice to make, right? We all have a choice to make about whether he's who he says he is. And we even have that choice today. And he says, uh, so when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Now there's the problem. So Jesus 
the Bible tells us, was filled with the Holy Spirit when he came out of the wilderness, coming back. It specifically mentions him being filled with the Spirit. So he, that's where the power's at. That's how we get our power and authority through the Holy Spirit as believers. And, even, and so they say Jesus just did a miracle. He casts this demon out of this guy. He heals him. All that in one swoop. And they, and he, we know how he does all that. He does it by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. But what they said, the Pharisees, they said he was doing it from the devil. Which makes no sense. Why would the devil work against himself? But these guys were blind. They were afraid their system was getting ready to be exposed, and it was. They were concerned that they uh, were going to lose their power, and they were. <laughs> uh, they had a whole system that they had created without God. Now, if you think about that, a lot of churches do that. A lot of denominations have got to that point to where they have a system with no idea who the Holy Spirit is, no regard with God. Uh, don't hardly ever use the scripture anymore. Most, a lot of them get up in the pulpits and tell stories all the time. And so they create a system without God that is sure to collapse. Any system that rejects God as the centerpiece is going to collapse, whether it's a country. Uh, I'm just going to say this because, <laughs> and my wife's in this world but if our education system keeps pushing God out the door, it will collapse. Uh, our government, everything. If we just keep resisting God. So they, they are going to lose all their whatever system they have because the Messiah showed up. And it all should have been about him. But they made it about themselves. Individuals, we can do that. We can have a life without God being the centerpiece. It ain't going to work. Sooner or later, it's going to collapse. So Jesus uh, knew their thoughts, and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. That, that, and I, I don't think we can bury our heads in the sand like an ostrich. I mean, that's our nation's at that point almost. You know, we are so divided. And, then he, and he brings out the foolishness of what they're saying here. He says, If Satan cast out Satan... He is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? So he's, he's pointing out the foolishness of the devil casting himself out. <laughs> it's like, this ain't, here's your sign. You know, why would Satan cast out demons from somebody? That don't even make sense, right? And right, it doesn't make sense. And so Jesus is just pointing out the foolishness of it. But the problem here is we're going to see is they're equating the work of the Holy Spirit to Satan. And that's the key. We know that Jesus was filled with the Spirit. Excuse me. We know that Jesus was filled with the Spirit. <laughs> and he uh, cast out this demon by the power of God, right? He talks about that if, if the power of God. And they're saying no. You didn't cast out that demon by the power of God. You cast out that demon by the devil. Now, that's, that's some hard words. In fact, it's so hard, we're going to see what Jesus' response is to it. They said, if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided. If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, which is another name for Satan, the Lord of the flies, Lord of stench, 
That's what that means. By whom do your sons cast him out? So again, that's a jab. First, Jesus exposes the foolishness of it. And then, and we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. He cast them out by the Spirit. They're saying he cast it out by Satan, which makes no sense, right? Even in the natural. And then he says, uh, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast him out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, there it is, capitalize. Surely the kingdom of God has, has come upon you. So now they're challenged, right? Uh, like I said, here's what I, the, the modern church is a little bit arrogant uh, and has been in some ways for a long time, not just since we've been around. But it's arrogant in the fact that the, the, the New Testament church, which many refuse to even look, use the Old Testament, which I've been on a crusade for 30 plus years to restore the Old Testament back to the New Testament church, so that we can see the reality of God. These stuff, this stuff was going on before the church showed up. That's what people miss. They act like communion, baptism, casting out demons, whatever. Right? That all that stuff just started with the church. That's not true. The Jews who knew God and walked with God, they had access to his power, to who he was. So these things were going on before the church was formed. What Jesus did is he brought them into the, re, the full revelation that all this was about him. So uh, the Jews, when they did Passover, they should have been seeing Jesus. When they did washings, they should have been seeing his work. When they did communion, they should have been seeing that God wanted a relationship through his son. All of that was about Christ, even in the Old Testament. Uh, and that stuff was going on in the Old Testament. So the, the church didn't come on the scene and get everything right the church was just the next step for the full revelation to come of who God's son was so we're not any better than anybody in the Old Testament we just this is our dispensation and our dispensation and like I've worked hard and and I don't uh, I'll stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody uh, about this stuff. the Holy Spirit didn't just show up on Pentecost he'd been here the whole time now there's a difference. A new dispensation came. It's like I've shared this many times. The Holy Spirit now is in us, not just with us, as Jesus said. And I've emphasized all that. So there's no, no mystery in the fact that, oh, the Holy Spirit showed up. Where's he been? <laughs> He's been here the whole time. He just come in a different dispensation. It's the difference between, uh, this may be a little bit of a parallel. It's the difference maybe between renting a house and owning a house, you know. There's a whole new dynamic there. It's the difference between the Holy Spirit walking alongside you and actually living inside you. That's really how Jesus emphasized it. So now Jesus is filled with the Spirit. Before the Spirit came, of course, he's God. John the Baptist was baptized or filled with the Spirit before the Spirit came on Pentecost because he was here already. So the arrogance of the New Testament church is, all, is just as bad as the Pharisees. Acting like we come up with all this. We did not. We're, we're just getting greater revelation because Jesus showed up and the Holy Spirit was given in a new measure. And that's enabled us to try to tie the loose ends together. But all this stuff was going on before the church. And, he's, and even they had a Pentecost uh, with Moses even in the old, very similar to what happened uh, in, in, in Acts. 
And we'll get to that too. So he says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house, plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me. And there you go. You can't, you, you can't be out in no man's land, not with Jesus. You've got to choose him, because if you don't choose him, you are not choosing him, whether you consciously decide that or not. By not embracing Jesus, you are choosing the other side. Now, what's sad about that is the casualties, the devil don't just come after the real wicked people. He comes after the good, good grandma that's got her life together, she thinks, but she's never surrendered to Jesus. Well, by not surrendering to Jesus, we choose sides. There's only two sides. And he says... He who's not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So if we're not working in concert with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we're working against the kingdom. And then he goes into this. He, he says this. Now, we have to keep everything in context. So let me first say, for those of you people, and I hear this a lot, or I have heard a lot, who say the unpardonable sin is not accepting Jesus. That's not what he says here. Now, we know if you don't accept Jesus, you're not going to go to heaven. But he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. You've got to keep things in context. By not accepting Jesus, you will miss heaven. But that's not what he's calling the unpardonable sin. That's clear in the Bible. We, that we already know that. The Bible's clear. There's no other name whereby men might be saved. Here, he's specifically talking about the Holy Spirit. So if we keep this in context, which we're supposed to do, what has happened? He's just healed a guy and cast the devil out of him. They said, you done that by the devil. He said he done it by the Spirit of God. Then he, he clears all that up and says, what you're saying is not, don't even make sense. He doesn't say it that way, but that's basically what he's saying. Right, Lord, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think that you, you're, you guys, that don't even make sense that the devil would kick himself out when he's already got power. He, that's, he's working against himself. So he wouldn't divide. Even the devil's not dumb enough to divide himself. Basically is what he's saying. And then he comes down and he says, uh, therefore. When you get a therefore, he's responding to what's just went on. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. Now he's going to expound on that here in just a second. But the blasphemy against the spirit, that's capitalized will not be forgiven men. Now, how did they blaspheme against the Spirit? Here's how they did it. They, these, this religious crowd, they equated the work of like an earthquake, don't I? The Holy Spirit With Satan. Jesus just done a marvelous work by the Holy Spirit. They said, no, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was the devil. Now you think about that for a minute. How offensive that would be to God. And they're all part of the Godhead. Now, look what else he says. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, that's him. Jesus brings himself into the mix here. 
the other part of the Godhead. Three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, he emphasizes this, right? When you come back and say the same thing again, you're trying to get a point across. He says, if uh, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. So blasphemy, and he just started this off, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. That's great news, right? I mean, everything, murderer, Moses was a murderer, David, murderer, adulterer. I mean, that's the best news we've heard all day, right? Even if you've cursed Jesus, even if you denied him like Peter and cursed and went on, he said, all that's forgiven. It, it didn't matter. Manasseh was, reigned the longest of any king in Israel. He was 55 years. The Bible said he made his children pass through the fire. Basically, that meant that he sacrificed his children to false gods. And at the end, and he's actually the one that Jewish history says had Isaiah put in a hollow log and sawn in two. That's how he died, they say. And if you get over in Hebrews 11, in the Hall of Fame of Faith, it talks about those who were sawn asunder. So there was evidence in the New Testament even that prophets were killed that way. So they say Manasseh sacrificed his children, the Bible says, to the, Bible says this, to the demons, false gods, then Jewish history says he was the one responsible for killing Isaiah, putting him in a hollow. And yet at the end, the Bible said he repented and God forgave him. Now, rather than get mad about that and thinking he don't deserve it, the Bible's very clear. If we break the law on one point, we've broke the whole law. So there, none of our righteousness is worth anything, right? So we should be rejoicing and shouting and running up and down the highways with that message, man. It doesn't matter how far you've been from God, how much stupid stuff you've done. You can be forgiven. And that's amazing. I mean, if you think about that, a God who calls us to be responsible to him and has given us everything would be that long-suffering and that merciful. I mean, that should make us all rejoice. But there is one exception. It's the only one we find in the Bible. And here it is. He says, you cannot blaspheme against the Holy Spirit and get forgiveness. He says, if, if, if it will be forgiven him, all these other things. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or the age to come. Now you think about that. It's like the one exception. God says, I'll forgive you for anything. I don't care how bad you are. I don't care how many times you do it. I'll forgive you. But I'm not forgiving you for this. I mean, that's, uh, that's a big word for God to step on the scene and say, I, it doesn't matter. And Jesus is telling this in the flesh. I mean, he's here talking about all this. He's in the flesh here on earth saying, you can be forgiven about it. I don't care how, what you say about me, how, how, what kind, easy. you can be forgiven. But this is one area you will not be forgiven. And we're not talking about somebody just not accepting Jesus Christ. We're talking about people who said, even though you did what you did by the Holy Spirit, we're still saying it's the devil. And that's dangerous ground. So here's what I tell people. <clears throat> First of all, you, you might be surprised to find out that's one of the most, uh, uh, one of the biggest, most prevalent questions I get asked. Especially for people who've <clears throat> not served the Lord or maybe a lot of their life is, I'm afraid I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
I get that question asked probably as much or more than any other question when I'm dealing with people, especially people that are coming into the kingdom. Uh, is I'm afraid I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. You know what my first question is? My first question when somebody says that to me is, what, what's that mean? Well, I don't know, but I'm afraid I've done it. So that's, that's the first question I ask is, is most people don't even understand it. And most people have grown up in environments that say, well, just not accepting Jesus is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's not what he's saying. Not accepting Jesus is not accepting Jesus. That's what that is. And you will not go to heaven if you do not accept Jesus. But here, the Holy Spirit's on the scene. Again, making my point to all those people who were raised in full gospel circles, and like I was, and, and act like the Holy Spirit didn't show up until the day of Pentecost. He's here. He's here casting out demons before the Acts was ever even written. So, again, I want to emphasize that. You people that say the Holy Spirit wasn't around until Pentecost are wrong. You need to read your Bibles. But now the problem is, and this is happening before even Pentecost, that, that we talked about last week that we'll get back into, uh, and I'm running out of time fast, but we'll get into that back again next week. They say when... Jesus did a miracle, did work, that he wasn't doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's doing it by Satan. That's blasphemy the Holy Spirit. So when, I'll just pull it down so we can all sink our teeth into it. When you and I equate the work of the Spirit and give credit to Satan, that's blasphemy the Holy Spirit. So here's what I tell people, and I, I want to be as firm and serious about this as I can. If you see something you don't understand, and you don't have a chapter and verse to understand it, then leave it alone. And I'll give you an example so you can really get what I'm saying here. In other words, if you see something that your flesh is, you can't figure out and your mind can't wrap around it, just leave it alone until you come across something in the Scripture that confirms it or annuls it. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the name of the Holy Spirit that ain't the Holy Spirit. I understand that. Leave it alone until you get some affirmation from the Spirit or from the Word that lets you know whether it was right or wrong. Don't just make a decision about it. But let's all go back <clears throat> to the New Testament. I'm getting ready to close here. And let's act like we were there that day when Jesus is dealing with a guy who's blind. All right? You and I walk up, and Jesus is ministering. He's talking to folks, and here comes this blind guy. And Jesus stoops down, spits in the dirt, makes mud, and rubs it in the guy's eyes. Now, what would you think? Right? You, you and I, you got to be careful here. We'd be like, <clears throat> and I, I'm not, we don't get judge i mean god's not going to condemn us for having a, a fleshly thought like well that's weird you know if you walked up and thought oh that's weird what i would say is let's leave it alone right and let's see what kind of fruit comes out of it and we know what kind of fruit come out of that the guy was healed why jesus did that way i don't know has he ever done something in your life and you think i don't understand why he did that way but i'm liking it you know, it's working. So my, my caution to believers uh, is 
You know, Paul talked about doing things and he did it in ignorance, right? And God forgave him. But these people who are the religious crowd are, the religious crowd are the ones that are in most danger of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. It's not the world. They, they don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, so he challenged them. There's another time when Jesus done some things that we would call unorthodox by the power of the Spirit. So, and then you got people like the Corinthians who Paul had to straighten out because the Holy Spirit was around and doing a lot of work, but then they started getting in the flesh with it. So he had to challenge all that and set it straight. So just be careful. That's all I would say. When you see something happening and you don't understand it, just leave it alone till you get some understanding about it. Don't criticize it. Just, just wait for God to give you some understanding about it. I had a situation like that in the last seven days. Something in the super looked like something in the supernatural appeared to happen, and uh, but I had to pray about it for two or three days and weigh it out and see if it was the Lord or if it was the other side. Because the devil's a spiritual being, so he can certainly do things in the spiritual realm. Uh, so you got to just wait on the Lord, and I've learned that's from uh, years of, of walking with the Lord and doing what I do, but I've learned not to uh, finish God's sentences for him. If God gives you a half a sentence and leaves, the blank, leaves a blank at the end of the sentence, you'll get in trouble if you try to fill in the blank. He'll come back when the time's right, and he'll fill in the blank. And he did that with me. It was, and it was God. What I got in the supernatural realm was God. Uh, and it was a pretty, uh, pretty significant event for me. Uh, the Lord confirmed all of it yesterday morning when I went to pray. So uh, the Lord does move supernaturally. Satan does move in the supernatural realm as well. But when you come across something that you don't understand, leave it alone until you get some understanding. And seek it. He said, if we seek, we'll find. If we knock, it'll be open. And so that's the danger, is equating the work of the Spirit with Satan, as if it's Satan doing it and not the Holy Spirit. That's where the danger lies. Uh, you may not understand it. There's things I still don't understand. There's things I wait for confirmation on. What I was just telling you was one of them. You wait for confirmation so that the Lord confirms that if it's his word right so the th the thing i was waiting on confirmation on i had got a word for earlier kind of blown it off to be honest hadn't really pursued and answered that that word with god and so god gives me another moment that kind of come out of left field but then after i prayed over it and waited for two or three days he confirmed yesterday morning he really he really showed up yesterday morning in my moment. So I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap because a lot of people get in the flesh with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is as much God as any other part of the Godhead. And he has power. He has manifestations, gifts, all that to use among the body. Uh, but we don't want to abuse those things. And, and for some reason, the Father is very sensitive about the Holy Spirit. 
If you think about the Holy Spirit, I'm closing right here. He, he is behind the scenes. He doesn't draw any attention to himself. He, he come, the Bible says, to testify of Jesus. His whole job is to point us to, to basically not draw attention to himself, but to point us to Jesus. So he's a very, he's like that unsung hero behind the scenes that nobody really knows, gives much credit to, but he's getting a lot done. So just think about that. The Holy Spirit has great things to offer us, but it's a, it's a soft, it's a sensitive area for the Lord that we don't uh, abuse and blaspheme the Holy Spirit. So whatever the Lord's doing, the Holy Spirit's doing, we need to give him the credit for it, not Satan. Thank all you all for joining us. This is, we're probably going to have maybe four or five more sessions uh, to kind of wrap this teaching up, at least the foundational teaching. There's a lot. I could preach the rest of my life on the Holy Spirit, but get a foundation about the Holy Spirit that I think will be able to draw both sides to the center, the people who... Uh, believe in the work and the power of the Holy Spirit that maybe sometimes get in the flesh with it and those who are afraid of the Holy Spirit I think what we're trying to do is bring that together here where people can see the Holy Spirit for who he is Lord we thank you for this day thank you for your word and we thank you for all those that have joined us and those that will watch this teaching uh, those that are with us live today and those who will get this podcast uh, we just pray that it will be instructive and bring glory and honor to you, and that we will be able to grow in our relationship. In Jesus' name, amen.